0: You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast. The podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rochow, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world. And the podcast where you become the hero. Growing up in a single parent home with a father that inspired perseverance and fairness, Marcus Ogden learned how to define his values and set goals. Marcus Ogden's story is a candid look into the life of an NFL athlete that turns into a successful businessman, then loses it all, and has to overcome his demons of drinking and gambling to get his life back on track. I'm very excited to have Marcus on the show, so please join me in welcoming him to the podcast. We're here with uh, Marcus Ogden, and uh, I am very excited to sit down and talk to him because um, he is a former NFL player who uh, turned uh, motivational speaker and business coach. Awesome. Marcus, how are you today? How are you I'm doing well, Bogdan. How are you? Doing all right today? I'm great, man. I actually mentioned you in uh, today's live stream and today's Facebook Live, and it was funny how your last name and my first name sounds so similar when they, when you say my name in English, basically, right? and Ogden. That's funny. funny. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, tell us a bit about yourself, you know, um, were you always passionate about football? Um, how did you see yourself when, when you were a kid? No, actually, I really, I enjoyed
1: football growing up, but it was not something I wanted to do like for a career. Uh, a lot of my friends wanted to play in the NFL, all that kind of stuff, which was fine. But I was never like that. I actually kind of wanted to work on Wall Street as an investment banker in New York. Yes, that was my passion, per se. Uh, I studied finance in college. I actually interned for Merrill Lynch when I worked, uh, not worked, when I was playing football at Howard. So mm-hmm. I was always the guy who wanted to do you know football as fun with my friends. And then it was very fortunate. It got me to college for free. And then I, the NFL kind of came calling to me in a way right before my senior year saying I could be drafted and all that if I worked hard. So I said, okay, you know what? Sure. I'm going to put all my effort into it. And next
0: thing you know, I was drafted in 2003. That is so powerful. And to be honest, I wouldn't necessarily see a kid thinking, you know what? You know what my dream is? To become a, uh, you know, to work on Wall Street and handle investments and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. but it's Here's crazy. the thing, because my father
1: was an investment banker himself, so mm-hmm. that's kind of where I got the love of. He had a degree, and he also went to Howard, so the economics and all that, I got that from my father.
0: Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you were actually naturally gifted in, in football and that was like a natural succession for. Yeah,
1: it ended up being where you know, I was able to, to do what I wanted to do because the opportunity presented itself. Right. But it was never something that I planned on, per se, when I was leaving you know, high school or college, that this wasn't my area of focus.
0: Well, was that the reason why you decided to leave the NFL? Because you felt that your gift were, was um, in doing something else with your life?
1: Well, no, when my father passed away and I, while I was still playing, I, I had some difficulty responding to that and recovering mm. from that. Uh, I got addicted to painkillers and alcohol, and I sat out for a year. and then tried to come back, and when I came back, I was a lot lighter. I didn't have the emotional passion that I used to have, yeah. and I got injured. And I said, you know what? You know, I, and, I, and I was never really ready to leave at 27. I said, you know what? I, I, I can't do this anymore. I wish I could, but I just can't. So between that and just losing the love of the game and then not really having a family support system like I have now, I decided to take the easy road in reality and I left the NFL. That was the easiest physical thing I could do. But mm-hmm. looking back on it, you know, I don't want to change anything, but I would have done it differently if I was doing it today versus back then.
0: Mm, definitely. Definitely. So you went on to start your construction uh, company? Yep. How long did you do that for?
1: I had that for about five years, Mm -hmm. and that was extremely successful uh, for uh, the last two and a half, for the last, well, the first two years were a struggle. The next two years were phenomenal. The last year was a complete disaster. Mm. Because I got in over my head, and I became very cocky, very arrogant. Uh, I thought I knew it all. Mm -hmm. I thought you couldn't tell me anything. And as the company was growing, I was doing a very poor job of strengthening the company with the right people, the right process, the right foundation. And then next thing you know, I mean, all my good employees left. I got overextended with finances. I got behind the ball, couldn't pay contractors. couldn't pay creditors. And then pump, I
0: I'm out of business. Hmm. How, how, so it was just how, extremely traumatic. I see. How did you recover from that? From losing the business. Well,
1: first I tried alcohol for a while, which didn't really work out so well. Uh, after I put the bottle down, really, my wife said, You know, Marcus, you're sitting here on the couch. That's all you're doing. Well, we weren't we weren't even married at the time, we were just girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm -hmm. He said, You have a lot of talent. But if you don't get off the couch and don't make the effort to get something going, you're never gonna be anywhere but sitting right here on this couch. For the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and that's not the lifestyle that I want or that you want right so that's why I made a decision to try to get my life together I started coaching football part-time I became a I'm sorry I started coaching football full-time I became a part-time janitor working at night for 825 an hour and I literally just worked (coughs) and worked and worked to thank you to provide for my family and it was the most emotionally, physically draining time because I was always working hard, not smart. And eventually like we talked about earlier and we'll talk about a little bit later about my my life-changing moment is my spoiled milk moment when someone's spoiled milk got on my bare skin when I was uh, taking out the garbage. And that was the moment I said, you know what? Okay. This can't be my life. Because if it's gonna be my life, then I have to accept it and say, "Pop, this is it. This is what I've earned. This is what I. This is what I. This is what I've earned. I've earned to be a, a good coach and a hardworking janitor. That's gonna hate life because he's never gonna try to do anything beyond his comfort zone." Mm-hmm. And I said, "I don't want that." And that's why I became a keynote speaker. The first two and a half years Boganin was extremely. Rejecting hard I was told no for two and a half years straight on a paid job
0: Marcus let me ask you like you go from you probably go to to your home you know after having the spoiled milk uh, moment you're you're filled with anger resentment and um, disgust I can go the list can go on Mm -hmm. but yes Mm you're right there how did you how did you think you know what I'm just gonna become a keynote speaker I'm gonna help others with their uh, difficulties how did that thought come into your awareness great question I came
1: home it was like 7 a.m. sat down at my little table and I wrote out my goals yes five goals and I wrote I'm sorry I wrote out my goal of being a speaker sorry I wrote out five step action plan to get that number mm-hmm. one Identify a story, number two, identify people to talk to. number three, just continue to build on myself to help me have a better story than just having a failure story and that 's it. Mm-hmm. four was I put myself out of my comfort zone. I started like going to different networking events, I started meeting people, I started getting out of my shell, I started you know doing more. and number five, I continuously every day when I talk with people, interact with people. I would try to coach myself on not saying, um, or ha, Mm -hmm. or what, or a, you know, all those little things that go a long way in becoming a polished speaker. Yeah, I did that. And for two and a half years, I continue to do that. But like I tell people all the time, if you want to have a successful brand, you have to create value. If you're a speaker that hasn't spoken for anybody and you want to get paid 20000 dollars to speak, you better be a celebrity. Yeah. LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Damon John. But those guys have earned their rights in another area. If you're just trying to become a speaker, a businessman, and you're not, and you don't really have anything like, you know, like me, when I started, I had no money, I had no ability to even get a website. I was flat broke down to the last penny. Mm-hmm. who's going to pay me 20 grand to speak? Nobody, but I, I, I just kept pushing and I got a couple free things here and there, here and there, but I just never gave up. And I have a video I'm putting out tomorrow on social media. Do you really have what it takes? Can you be like Kevin Hart, who was told no 3,300 times, he said, mm-hmm. 3,300 times. I was told no probably over 500 to 600 times yeah maybe definitely you're, maybe you're more in two and a half years are you willing to keep going when everybody else says you're out of your mind
0: yeah and I, I feel like if you switch that no to a yes that's actually a yes bringing you closer to your goal you're gonna feel a lot more empowered and uh, a lot more energized to to what you're doing right um you know marcus like every time i was working on a drastic change in my life i had this feeling inside of my body instead of my uh my gut like you know who, who do you think you are talking to these people about you know making more money about um helping you know, happier about actually even teaching who do you think you are teaching these guys martial arts right you just started you don't know that much how did you overcome that feeling in your life of uh you know am i am i being is this right right i feel weird doing this
1: it just takes time and in reality it takes super thick skin because everyone's going to have an opinion you're doing it wrong you're doing this mel robbins who's a, a, a mentor of mine she calls it the avalanche theory mm-hmm. You're going in a direction and everybody starts to pile on you what yeah. are you doing why are you doing that what gives you the right to teach people where your expertise da, 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 da. that my friend it's what you have to go through. If you don't have the avalanche theory coming at you at some point on your vision, on your dream, on your goal, you're not in the right business.
0: Right. Mm.
1: Not in the right. You're not in the right lane. Not at all.
0: Awesome. Were um, you familiar with the Tony Robbins story when you were working as a janitor? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he was like, he's been through a, a similar process, didn't he?
1: Oh yeah, I know. I know that story very well. And you know, he was working for Jim for Jim Rome.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. When he started right. out, he was yeah, he was selling uh, Jim Rome's uh, events. Right. So it's funny. I don't know one single person
1: in life doesn't know Tony Robbins. I know a lot of people that don't know Jim Rohn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> true story but like i think if if we were having this conversation maybe 40 years ago it would have been a different uh different different level of awareness
1: for him yeah maybe but i'm gonna tell you what i'm just writing a note on that jim Rohn was different tony robbins started as a speaker who became an entertainer who became a guru yeah so jim Rohn never did that So I don't know if he'd be the same. Now, of course he had more exposure with social media, of course, but I don't know if he'd ever be on Tony Robbins'
0: actual level.
1: Never
0: never made infomercials. Cool. (laughs) Cool, man. So tell us a bit about your book, right? Your first book and your up and coming books.
1: So my first book, uh, you know, my first book is my autobiography. It's about my life. It's about what I've gone through from, you know, single, raised by single father to going through, uh, you know, some, some anger management issues in high school and college from my parents' divorce and things like that, to being an NFL athlete, to being successful, having all kinds of issues I had, mental health issues, uh, you know, anger management, alcoholism, things like that, addictions, you know, painkiller, all that. Mm-hmm. Then I get into my construction company what I've gone through, what I went through, how I was successful, and how it wasn't. And then I got into how I started to rebuild my life after that. So that was what my
0: first book was about. It was my autobiography. Hey, sorry to interrupt the interview. I'll let you get back to it in a moment. Let me just ask you, do you want more financial freedom in your business so that you have time for the important things in your life? Would you like to level up your business and become a black belt in business success? Let me help you. I will personally take a look at your business and show you exactly how you can make it more profitable so that you enjoy more financial freedom and more time with your loved ones. Get in touch with me over social media. Links are in the description. Send me a message with the text, Business Breakthrough, And we will schedule an appointment and you will get a free coaching session where I teach you exactly how to make your business more profitable without putting in more hours. And this is going to be only for the first five people who get in touch with me this week. So check the description, get in touch with me on social media, send me a message with the text business breakthrough, and let me help you take your business to the next level. um mm, Awesome. So your next book is gonna be called um We're we're looking at like what's your spoiled milk moment, something around
1: that area. Yep. We're not sure yet, mm-hmm. but we're in the process of trying to figure that out. But I'm very excited working with an amazing uh publisher. My wife, you know, our our company signed a contract. My wife has a company called Ogden Adventures, and she's actually going to be the ghostwriter behind it because that's what she does she's a ghostwriter
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then so our company signed a, her company signed a contract with the publisher uh to do the book mm-hmm. uh, post hill press publishing out of N- nashville tennessee okay. so uh, the publishing house that published the international bestseller the five second rule by mel robbins
0: mm, that's
1: awesome so, so again networking mm-hmm. that that, that's that's I tell people all the time, if you want to establish a good business, establish a good network.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Period, absolutely. period. And it helps you with your brand, absolutely. Um, So are you still interested in the stock market right now? Or are you still uh, investing? Are you learning about the stock market and Wall Street?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I, uh, my brother-in-law is a financial planner and helps us mm-hmm. out with stuff. Uh, my focus right now is building up our uh, building up the platform uh, right. for my business through her leadership coaching, my executive coaching, mm-hmm. you know what she does, what I do, her ghostwriting all that building up that, that real strong platform of our, of our business yeah and you know and then actually it's actually really her business I kind of assist her but same thing. but you know building up her business through my assistance, To get us to that next level of what we want to be, then get back in the stock market, things like
0: that. You know, when you mentioned that you're passionate about the stock market, actually, uh, the interview that I did with Sharan Sharifat popped into into my mind. Sharan used to work in, he used to work for Goldman Sachs, and then he took like a real estate company from 300 million to 3 billion. And that that stuff. I think you would really enjoy that interview. Um, yeah, guys, and definitely go ahead and check out the that interview as well. Right after finishing um, uh, this one, tell us a bit about that. Like for people who are struggling with um, addictions, how did you get over uh, your addiction, and what are a few things that you could share with everybody listening? in in that sense, can be dangerous here. Now, me?
1: if you're having addiction issues. What you have to do is you have to stop and figure out when is it enough. And if you keep going down the road you're going down, you may not live to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's what I realized. And also, if you keep going down the road you're going down, are you willing to lose everybody that loves you? Like potentially your parents, your brothers and sisters, your wife, your husband, your spouse, your kids. That's what got me to stop is that if I don't stop making my excuses for myself, blaming everybody else but the man in the mirror, I could lose my girlfriend, who's now my wife, mm-hmm. I could live the rest of my life hating myself, right You know what I mean? And I didn't want to be there. So that's when I stopped drinking alcohol. And I still have alcohol today, but I can control myself, have a couple drinks, and I'm done. Mm -hmm. Versus before, I could have like a 12-pack of beer and keep on going. But I had nothing really to live for at that time. Mm -hmm. I was very depressed. I was extremely downtrodden. And I was just really tired of life. But if you ever get that feeling, start remembering the things that have gone on good in your life. Remember what you do well. Focus on your strengths. Focus on, you know... What you can provide others, and then try to build off that. And then, like I tell people all the time, get small wins daily Mm -hmm. and build momentum. When you build momentum, that is how you become effective in stopping the problems you're having.
0: Mm. Awesome. Yes, I 100% agree. Um, and I also noticed that a lot of people use their addictions as a form of um, getting away, of escaping their realities, their lives. Would you say that in that period of the t- of time you were not living, or you were not doing what you felt was your mission? So you're not being one hundred percent authentic, and that's why you felt the need to get get away from uh, your day-to-day life.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I mean you're trying to get away from responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're, trying to, you're trying to shelter and make yourself feel that you know, it's okay and that you don't have to be responsible. You don't have to pay bills. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to you know, be supporting for your spouse. It's, right. a, it, it's an easy way to escape the pressures of day-to-day life. But mm-hmm. I tell people this all the time. The minute you stop drinking, and if that means unless you kill yourself, which I hope no one ever does, because it's really, you're going to leave so many people behind that care about you. Definitely. The minute you stop drinking, getting off painkillers, all that, those same problems amplify. Mm. So you might as well face the music today. Yeah. Go and build from there. People, and this is a good point. People, procrastination gives people a false sense of security that life's okay.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Push things off to tomorrow, but tomorrow's problem becomes today's problem, which becomes tomorrow's nightmare. So at some point you have to make a stand. Mm
0: -hmm. So I
1: thought I said, screw this, made a stand. And now I am where I am.
0: I love that. I love that. I,
1: I had, I had to stop running from myself. I had to stop being afraid of failing. Mm -hmm. You can hide, run all you want, but at some point-
0: It's hard to face it.
1: The dance floor is gonna stop, the lights are gonna cut on, and it's time to leave the bar, and you gotta go home. (laughs) Just tell it like it is, man. Like, uh, oh, uh, you know, that's what happens. Like, you know, that's what happens when you're young. Like, you want to have party, you want to go out, that's fine. But I remember when I used to go out, I was young in my 20, late 20s, when I was, before I met my wife. I would go out to just get hammered. I hated, my company was this extremely successful business, mm-hmm. but I hated construction.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't like it. Yeah. I make money, yeah. great money, but I hated going to work payroll issues equipment issues issues with you know uh, employees or issues with clients who they want to pay on time and you know talking to banks about trying to get everything right for the you know for and you know for like getting a lot of credit like i could go on and on this
0: hated it There's so many people who, you know, took the safe route and got like secure jobs or jobs that give them a bunch of money, but they absolutely hate their lives and hate their jobs. Um, So let me ask you, Marcus, what do you love the most about speaking?
1: I love that I can help people become inspired through my story and my teaching points for them to take action and positive movements in their own life. Mm -hmm. I am not a motivational speaker motivation Mm -hmm. to me is uh, it's got the word motive in it where I want you to change because I want you to Mm -hmm. I want to inspire you that means it's from the inside to the outside Mm -hmm. where you want to make a change for yourself I love that not because I want you to Mm -hmm. I want my story to help you want to make that long-term real systemic change, not just some motivated for two days and oh, I'm going back to my my life that I don't like.
0: Awesome. What would be one question um, that you'd like to ask our audience?
1: Ask yourself this question. Do you really have what it takes to achieve greatness? I'm not talking about, oh yeah, I wanna be great. I'm not talking about, oh yeah, I wanna be great and work at it for a day, a mm-hmm. week, a month, six months. Yeah. I'm talking about years. Mm. If you wanna build something that has global appeal, usually takes 20, 30 years or longer. Ooh. Yeah. If you mm. want to be that person that puts the years in, mm-hmm. not days, mm-hmm. not weeks.
0: Years. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. You know, I was uh, attending a seminar this Saturday and I saw this guy that I was following on Instagram. And I, I told him, dude, I, I know you from Instagram, right? And I said, look, I love the fact that you're traveling so much and uh, you're, you're living the lifestyle. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's something that I really wanted to do. And that was a dream of mine. And so when did you actually start this business? Well, he's like, you know, people look at me that, that I'm really young. He was like 25, 26, right? And, and think, you know what? Uh, this guy just made it so quickly. But what they don't understand is that I actually started when I was 15 in entrepreneurship.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. So it usually takes a and decade.
1: That's, and that is exactly what people don't understand. Mm. It never happens overnight. If you mm. Expect that, you're in the wrong business. It's not going to happen. It's never gonna happen. Never. I'm actually sitting here right now just taking notes on our conversation because I always do that when I do podcasts. Bruce Lee had a saying. Uh Bruce Lee had a saying, long-term consistency trumps short-term intensity.
0: hmm mm
1: mm-hmm. so yeah. in For the long haul, forget it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, that actually makes me think of uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was, was interviewed and he was asked, who would win in a fight between you and Muhammad Ali? And Mike Tyson was like, Ali, hands down. And the reporter was like, what do you mean, Ali? Like, you're, you're a beast, you're a machine. Yeah, but there's something that you don't understand about Ali. Like, after, like, in the 10th round, he's still coming at you for him it's like pure willpower it doesn't matter if he's tired doesn't matter if he can't uh, um, make it you know if if he's like his legs are giving up he's still coming at you and that was like yeah yeah that's exactly what what you said have you ever tried martial arts
1: i have and when i was younger uh i want to get back into it uh once i've kind of got everything stable with my company uh Mm -hmm. you know stable with you know our my wife's company and our business I would love to get more back into it because uh, it's great. It's a great way of, you know, for mental toughness, training, right. uh, stress reliever. I mean, I, I think martial arts is phenomenal.
0: What, what martial art did you do?
1: Uh, karate.
0: Karate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do Shotokan prior to uh, what I'm teaching today.
1: Oh, yeah. I, you know, to me, karate is where, you know, it's a great way for me to get things done. So I, I think it's great.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Awesome. Definitely. Okay, uh Marcus, thank you so much for your time and your insights. And uh, let us know where can people get in touch with you for a keynote and where can people so you
1: can go to my website which is www.Marcus, qes o g D-E-N dot You can follow me on LinkedIn, Marcus Ogden, or you can follow me on Instagram at Marcus Ogden, or you can follow me on Facebook but I'm just gonna leave people with this. If you wanna be the best in life, don't care what it is, podcaster, media personality, sports coach, athlete, entrepreneur, doctor, lawyer, it doesn't matter. Mm. Every single day, you have to be your own CEO, which means you have the ability to increase or decrease your value daily. That is up to you. That's your call. And you're the one who has to make that decision. Nobody else. And there's two things. Well, there's, there's, there's two things that are important in being successful in corporate America. And there's one thing you have to have as a key trait in life. The two things are, the two keys in high-performing achievers are consistency mm-hmm. and grit. If you want to be successful in life overall, you have got to have accountability. Take ownership of the actions in your life, good, bad, or indifferent.
0: So what were the two, consistency, and what was the second one? Grit, G-R-I-T, grit. Grit. People Mm -hmm. don't
1: care how you look. They don't care about what you're wearing. Do you have consistency to see it through to the end, Mm -hmm. and do you have grit to push through when people slam the door in your face like they did Kevin Hart, like they done The Rock, like they did to me, like they did to Damon John, like they did to Mark Cuban, do you have that grit to push through the door that keeps getting closed in your face? Because people don't think you have a, a, a brain in your head for trying out your vision. Mm, I love that. I love that.
0: Guys, let us know in the comments if you feel that you got what it takes to be successful. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And if you're ready for more financial freedom, for more time to spend with your loved ones or doing what you're really, really, really passionate about, Send me a message over social media, connect with me, links are in the description, and I will give you a free business breakthrough session where I will show you exactly how you can make your business more profitable so that you live a happy and fulfilled life with your loved ones. I'll see you soon.